and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I am Lemuel. And this week, we're going to get deeper into the mind of Brady, whether we like it or not, (laughs) as we go into episodes two and three, nope, three and four of Mr. Mercedes season two. Apologize, because my voice apparently is doing a thing all of a sudden, but here we are. We're going to get through it together. I thought you were going for the sort of smoky, draped over piano kind of thing. I'm going for the thirsty, but not thirsty (laughs) thing. Yeah, I don't know. This is new. I think it's just because I was here all afternoon and I didn't say anything to anyone. Before we get into the show, how was your week? My week was actually... It was busy, and there was a lot to do, so I'm actually glad that we got we were able to have company. Mm. Outdoor dining is open to a limited extent in the Bay Area, so mm-hmm. while I was out this weekend, I actually was able to get to a couple of places out in the open and have a really good grilled You've cheese sandwich. have gone to restaurants two weekends in a row, and I have to tell you, uh-huh. I don't agree with it. Well, It's fine. You're a grown person, and you can make your choices. It was... In in both cases, very, uh, very carefully measured outdoor dining. And so I, I kind of liked that, and uh, I appreciated being able to get back out into the public a little bit. Um, I, I, I remember on my way home the other night, passing uh, a local restaurant that had all the lights off indoors and had people dining indoors, which they're not supposed to do. And so it looked like a, a secret supper club, but I, I just sort of wonder how we're going to pay for that in the future. Uh, with bodies. Probably with so bodies. what about you? I was good. I was at home, and then I was able to do some arts. Mm. I bought big canvases for the first time today, and I'm excited. How big? 16 by 20. Oh, that's fairly big. It's not as big as I thought. When I picked it up, I was like, okay, this is manageable. But at first, I was like, oh. Because the biggest I had was 12 by 16. So explain to our our listeners what you're doing with those canvases, because I think it's an ambitious uh, plan. A lot of dots. I mean, it's not dots. I just, I found um, an old tutorial from a teacher I like, and it's a Monet-inspired thing Mm -hmm. that involves just... Covering the whole thing in dashes of different colors to make like a sunset scene. And that effect only works on larger canvas. It doesn't only work on a larger canvas, but the dashes I'd have to do on a smaller canvas would require just the smallest of brushes and me being frustrated, Mm -hmm. especially. And I really like the painting. Like, I would like it big. Like, I want a big version of it. So hopefully I don't mess it up and I still want it big when it's done. Fingers crossed. So you're going to post pictures of these, right? I will post pictures if people are interested. Yes. Sure. Interested. I'm working on a koi pond right now. Ah. I got to finish that one first. (laughs) One painting at a time, even though that's not how painters work, but that's how I work. That's when I knew my kid was a city kid. We went to the Oakland Museum, and there's a large koi pond. Koi pond. And there's a beautiful multicolored carp that was orange and black Mm -hmm. with splashes of yellow. And looking over the edge, Alex turns to me and says, look, it's a tiger. And it's then I thought, <laughs> oh, no. I've got to get my kid Yes, out. colors, <laughs> right. no, anything else. Yes. 
Oh no, it doesn't have teeth. It doesn't have legs. Yes, it doesn't have fur. <laughs> it doesn't have stripes. Even. There was one element too much. Alex was very accurate about whether or not that would be a tiger, but defining it only that way. Well, wow, he was a great deal to be desired. So specific. Yes, I. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about the koi pond. I'm probably gonna turn one of the big. I had to. Buy, I bought a. I bought five big canvases, mm. even though I only need one big canvas because that's how canvases come. When you want to buy them cheap, you get five at a time. <laughs> so, so you're um, learning all the tricks. What do you mean? On um, how to be a painter. Oh, just buy things in bulk, cheap things in bulk. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have five big canvases, and I think I might do a koi pond on one of mm. the big ones in addition to the small koi that I'm working on now. It's like a practice koi. Small koi is like a goldfish, though. Well, it's a small painting of a koi. The koi could be massive, but in a photograph, it looks small. In mm-hmm. a painting, in a tw- 9 by 12 painting, it looks okay. small. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. So, in the meantime, do you want to talk about this show? Yes, I do. Do you feel like we're on an upward trajectory or a downward trajectory? Um, last, the last episode that we saw, Let's Go Roaming, um, I felt it took some disappointing turns for me in that I feel like the entire show or the the themes in the show took another direction. And I was watching science fiction, and it wasn't particularly well thought out science fiction. Right. And it was introducing all sorts of new stuff into the story. Yes. I got less of that, and it went back to the kind of crime thriller that I had been watching before. Well, or an alternate reading, because you don't really get less of it. Mm -hmm. You get an explanation of it. It's like they they were like, let's do this wild sci-fi thing mm-hmm. and not discuss what or how it's happening and then go back and tell people what mm-hmm. or how it happened. And I'm just like, well, you should have prepared me if you're going to just switch genre like that. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, um, because it does continue in this one, but... Uh, but with some context and at least people talking out the possibilities of how, and yeah, there's some so I'm, there's we'll some that, some I jumps that, that I in, think are weird. The episode for Motherboard, you actually got um, the characters realizing, no, this sounds crazy, but also I'm right. Right. This sounds totally batshit, and also I believe it 100%. Right. It's very scary in the but world I, of QAnon for that shit to but I like the idea that the characters in the story, at least one of them is yes, acknowledging it's like, this is a really weird and dumb idea. But then, but it's real. Right. So, anyhow. It can't be that dumb of an idea in your story. Like, like story, you can't have it be true and also be ridiculed. Yeah. Like, it needs to be. Like, if if it's going to be this thing, then you need to get on board with it being this thing. You can't have half your writers go, this is some bullshit, mm-hmm. and the other half go, do-do-do-do-do. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, uh, in, the, in the first episode we watched, which was, you can go home now. You can go home now. Uh, we open... Uh, Jerome's working on Ida's uh, gazebo. Mm-hmm. 
sans Bill. Bill is uh, asleep. And then he wakes up and then he goes and feeds the tortoise. Not the turtle. The tortoise. And uh, then we go over and see Brady in his mind cave. And in his mind cave, he's starting to get visitors. (laughs) So the first visitor he gets is his younger brother, who we know he killed not once, but twice. twice, (laughs) And uh, we also know that that little boy loved playing with fire trucks. So Brady conjures a whole ass fire truck into the room. And uh, Gerald, which is his brother's name, which I think is funny, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gerald's game is fire trucks. Totally different game. And uh, asks Brady if he killed mom. And Brady is like, shut up, kid. And I'm like, you didn't not kill mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, And then Bill goes over to Jerome. Uh and it's like, what are you doing? And Jerome's like, well, you said you wanted help. I'm here to help. Even though I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so they start working together. Uh, then. Oh, we have another scene with Cora and Felix Babino, And they are looking at baby names. And she tells him that she needs to focus on Brady and their growing family and that their Chinese investors are curious. And still, I return to my point that those Chinese investors have nothing, are going to get nothing of use from this patient regardless of outcome. So it's very confusing. Uh, Unless we're to understand that Chinese medicine and science laws are so lax as to be non-existent. The most that I can understand is that they have the validation that it works and this will lead them in the direction of investing money and doing legitimate studies. However, the way that this information is gathered is going to be incredibly suspicious. Yes. So it doesn't make any sense, but I mean... Yeah. What do I know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, uh, at the hospital, uh, Bill goes and talks to the head nurse, Maggie. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's trying to figure out whether or not the scalpel that he had found on the ground mm-hmm. was Sadie trying to kill him or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to attack him or not. And she's like, I thought, um, or, she insists that Sadie was like a lamb, and Bill doesn't know what happened, but then they search the room, and he finds the scalpel under the monitor. And Maggie still is like, no, there's no way. She's like the sweetest girl. Mm-hmm. She's not violent. She's not anything. Uh, and she's probably home in bed right now. Because she works, I like, guess, swing shift or night shift. Uh-huh. So then Bill goes into the office and Holly's like, where have you been? What is going on? And he won't tell her. And Holly's getting more and more um, frustrated because she thinks that Bill is doing things that Bill shouldn't be doing. And also that he's sort of let somebody go because he had gone to a campsite Mm -hmm. where there was a father and his two children who were on the run from some pretty heinous Characters. People, Mm -hmm. some drug dealers that would probably kill all of them if they were found. Uh, And 
So Bill allowed them to basically run on the bounty that he was chasing them down for. And Holly's like, that money, like, she's looking at, um, Bill tells her that they just up and left this tent behind. And she's like, it was a $500 tent. Uh, there's a bounty out because they have stolen a credit card. That is what they are wanted for. They've stolen this credit card because they are being hunted by other people. And Bill has decided to turn the other cheek and move on and leave it. And Holly's like, no, this is a paying job. You have to do it. And your story doesn't make sense. And then finally is like, did you let them go? And finally Bill tells her that um, she she did, or he did, and they go through back and forth through this whole episode that gets sort of more and more frustrating with her just going, do the jobs that you're supposed to do and don't lie to me, and Bill just going, harumph, 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 I'm going to do whatever I want and not tell her anything. And finally he breaks down and he's like, it's shitty. What we're doing is shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, I, I took, I repossessed a woman's car with a a baby's car seat in the back. Like, yeah. this is fucked up, and this is not what I want the end of... Like, this isn't what I want my day to be. Right. I, di- I don't want to get to the end of every day and, you know, have one one for the car manufacturer he, or whatever. His position really seems to be that he he did not get into this job so that he can hassle poor people who can't make their payments. Right. And it comes to a, a point with this dad who has two kids and yeah. um I don't think And it's Holly, clearly scared and right, it's clearly on the run. Yeah. And I don't think that Holly can see this because Holly well, doesn't she can't process information the same way and she's also not dealing with people, which leads to But but I would offer the, if Bill would just have been honest with her, mm-hmm. it's possible that Holly would have understood this. But it's instead possible, he treats but, her like a right. child until she demands to be treated like the partner in the business that she is, and, at which point he which says, really Look, this is scene. what's going on. It, and then she's like right. Fine. <laughs> like she is fine with it's, it. The issue for me is that I don't think that and I uh, I think it's a very natural progression. He's not sure that he can trust her with this information yet, or even the, the how unhappy he is because it obviously means so much to her, keeping this agency going. And there's a lovely conversation that happens later on with Ida. I forget yes. her name. Um, I don't know why. She's just she's very strange because I don't know what, what part Ida is going to play in these episodes. Yeah, it her role is she's, undefined at this right. point and. Um, more nebulous than you'd think given the the relationship that they have had right. over the last ten episodes that we've I seen. I mean, it seems almost as if the gazebo is the excuse to keep her in the pot, but over these two episodes, there is a good relationship forming between Holly and Ida, which... Yeah, at the end of the right. last episode when we talked, uh, Holly had walked home and Ida had just been like... Was very indifferent to her. Yeah, Bill's going to be fine. Don't but stop, I, stop it. I like it's a progression of ideas. Okay, so Holly and Bill have these issues. They wind up coming to sort of a head about them. Yeah. And then Holly winds up in the field. Yes. Yes. Which because... I think is going to be what introduces her to having the compassion or yes. the insight about why he's finding such a hard and, time. And doing once this. again, I don't think Holly is incapable of this compassion. I think Bill needs to treat her like an adult instead of like a child, which is what she says. That's why we got along. Mm-hmm. Because you treated me like a like adult. an adult. So don't stop that now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then she, um, over the course of these couple of episodes, also goes to Ida because she's concerned that Bill is overly focused on Brady. She's mm-hmm. not wrong, right. but she is concerned about it. And, you know, Ida just goes, look, have you, do you think Bill is a bad man? And she's mm-hmm. like, no, the opposite. And she's, and, and Ida's like, well, then trust him. Right. What what you want from him, which is to um, to treat you the way that he's always treated you, mm-hmm. you need to do the same right. <laughs> for him. You, they both need to be um, sort of more open in their relationship. Yeah. And, and they got off to a really good start because they both respected each other as people. And they need to just keep it up. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yes, look out for these things, but keep up that respect. Yeah. Um, and so that's a little arc that they go on. And then Holly helps uh, Ida with some of the building at, <laughs> at some point, too. Uh, so there's going to be a beautiful gazebo at the end of the season. Yes. That's probably going to be destroyed again. Look <laughs> at this bad feeling. That will be season three, <laughs> rebuilding the gazebo. Uh Again. At least no one's blown up so far. That's true. Uh, so then, yeah, Bill is like, okay, so you're going to help me. And we're going to go. She, Sadie knows who Bill is. Mm-hmm. So she needs, or he needs Holly to basically tail her. Holly's bad at it. She doesn't know how to keep out of eyeline. She doesn't know. Those so were my favorite scenes her. of this episode. Yes, they're really good. How she doesn't know the lingo. She can't draw it by inference what he means when he talks about being tail or being being tailed or being being made. made yeah, um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, so we know that she is made in her car. So then she has to go sit in Bill's car, and she, he's teaching her these little things like mm-hmm. um, uh, I have. Um, like I'm parked down. She's parked one way, and from her house the, mm-hmm. or the house she's at, she's actually staying with her boyfriend. She's parked it one way. I park on the other side, so that when she comes out of the house, she's naturally going to look away from me. Right. So she won't see me over here. I'm not directly in front of her house. I'm on the side street. Um. You know all these things, and I'm like, oh, this is smart. And uh, I will say, I'm going to spoil something. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it in the show. Mm, this is from the book. Yeah, this is from the book, but it's uh-huh. from the third book. In End of Watch, Bill is diagnosed with cancer. And one of the reasons he does this stuff with Sadie, or with, with Holly, mm-hmm. is to prep her for when he's she no is... Longer. Yes, okay. she's running the business and he's not there. And they don't... There's There doesn't seem to be anything wrong with him right now. Um, and they seem to be blending some things from books four or three and two, two and three. Two um, that doesn't seem to be a storyline at this point. I don't know if it will be a storyline at this point. And but they have a whole fight where Holly's like, "Why am I doing this?" And Bill's like, "In case I can't." And she's mm-hmm. like, "Why?" And he goes, "Just in case." And it sounds mm-hmm. like he's covering a health issue. As far as we know, he isn't. But in the well, we could also take it at this point because we don't see the other health issue mm. is that he nearly got stabbed in the back he by did. a woman with a scalpel so yes. his mortality is he's obviously going to He's also had a heart attack, heart attack before heart. you know yes so so his yes he's an older man he's in retirement which means I guess at mm. any point he could just die <laughs> that's what being retired means 
Uh, it's also what just being alive means, but right. I, I keep having that argument with people who are like, "But you're older." And I'm going, "Yeah, but anybody can have a heart attack or a stroke at mm-hmm. any age. At any age." So don't look at me like, "Well, shouldn't you be taking better care of yourself?" And I'll say, "No." Yeah, I have the apnea machine. That's enough. They tail Sadie to various places. Mm-hmm. A um, like a a store that sells uh, Saints medals. Mm-hmm. It was Saint. Anne? Was that which one it was? I don't I remember. I believe so, yes. Mm. Uh, and uh, she says most of the, the person that sells them, yeah, St. Anne's medallion, mm-hmm. the clerk explains he sells it, she sells it mostly to women because men can't get pregnant. So yeah. I presume then she is the patron saint of There's pregnancy or expected mother, mothers. Or, the cousin of uh, Mary. Uh, and then... Uh, Holly has followed Sadie further to a herbalist, uh, and that herbalist and Holly goes in and talks to him, and that herbalist treats people with epilepsy disorders mm. who want to get off their medication. So, and I love that I scene where right. Holly comes I back into right. the detective agency like triumphant because she was able to in- investigate. Yes. Know, there's such like a, a giddiness towards the character. It's like, I investigated something and look what I found. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was really sweet. So in the, the, the sense might be that Sadie is trying to get off her medication so mm-hmm. that she, so it's safe for her to be pregnant. I don't right. know uh, how epilepsy medications I don't know. interact yeah. with those various things. Um, the, the, you know, the fewer medications you're on during pregnancy, the better, I would imagine, yeah, I would, yeah. um, wh- where possible. But I, it's not a, it's not something I've had to deal with. So, but I, but my suspicions confirmed. She is an epileptic. So, go me. One four Grey's Anatomy School of Medicine check. <laughs> I've also watched every other medical drama that ever has had been on in the last twenty years. Let's see, Almost. which one? We finished Code Black. Which is the one we're not coming back to? Um, oh, Chicago Med. Yes. People make too many bad choices. Yeah, everybody turned into a big old jerk. Well, which is sad because I like the characters, but then they just make dumb decisions. Yeah. And it turned very much into a soap opera. Where yeah. Like, Can't these Worse two... than some other ones. Right. Can't but... these two people just get their act together? It was really irritating. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago Med, we bailed on. Um, mm. And I also bailed on it. You bailed on it, but I also bailed on it. So now I just watch Grey's and The Residents. Watch the ER shows. I mean, not ER shows. Yeah, well, no, no, the 911. Oh, we watch the 911 shows, right. but they're not really. But they're almost fantasy emergency shows. They are. They are. Lava. What do we well, do about Ryan lava? they're Ryan Murphy shows. Right. And sometimes you're reminded starkly that it's a Ryan Murphy joint in the first two minutes of an episode. Oh, yeah. When you're trying to eat a meal. Don't yeah, do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so back to the show. Mm-hmm. Lou. We go back to Lou. She's with her therapist. Um, Lou's not doing well. No. And she want she's um, gotten it. Was it the end of last episode? She got her. She got her tattoo. Well, that's what I'm getting. I'm trying to remember right now. I sh- either in one of these two those mm-hmm. two episodes, either in two or three, she gets a tattoo of a tricycle over the stab wounds that Brady. Um, made when he stabbed her and um she and her girlfriend was like is like um i thought you were kidding about that and he's like well i wasn't and uh 
Lou wants to confront Brady, like, has heard that he might be waking up. That's why she got the tattoo, or that's when she got the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it must be this episode, then. Uh, or the, the very end of right. the last episode, I think, is what happened. And then the therapist says that Lou hasn't unpacked all the pain in her life and warns that if she confronts Brady, she could suffer a considerable setback and even a breakdown, at which point Lou tells her to fuck off and says she's not worth it. Uh, she's not worth the help until she takes her life back from Brady, which mm. is not a good. That's that's bad. Right. She's not in. She's not good. She's not doing good. Um. Let's see, uh, Bill gets back to the office after being out wherever Bill was out. He might have been wooing his wife. He's gonna woo his wife, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folk um he is nancy travis is playing a bigger part in the season he returns to the office she eventually got out of that house that it, she was in well that's the, the thing like uh <laughs> rocks didn't hit her i don't know <laughs> and she finds and he he finds jerome there helping holly with the accounting system mm-hmm. holly re- reports to bill what chen said which mm-hmm. we already did uh bill keeps Asking Jerome about Harvard because he knows that it's not going super good. He and Jerome is deflect, deflect, deflect. Right. And uh, Jerome talks about how it wasn't what he was expecting and the people speak a code that he doesn't know. And Bill talks about a girl that he de- dated when he was in high school and uh, how she was rich and he was always afraid he'd do something wrong. Uh, and that it was him that made him feel that way. She mm-hmm. never did. Um, and eventually they broke up. And he assures Jerome that he'll get less lonely. Less lonely. Uh, then Holly is um, sent to continue surveilling uh, Sadie. And... Uh, she's real bad. She can't find Bill at first, which is good. Good job, Bill. Okay. <laughs> Especially because uh, Holly knows what he, his car looks like. So she's she he has her pull behind him because her car's been made, and then she's gonna sit in his truck. Uh, I guess till the next day, mm. which I hope she brought a snack and uh doesn't have to pee. Um, this is Holly. She might not need. Either of those things. That's the thing. So it's intense is her focus. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, so, she, because, and this is where he says, you got to learn field, field work mm. is important in case I'm not there. And she's like, why are you not going to be there? Are you sick? And he's like, no, I'm not sick. And then Bill takes that opportunity to take Holly's tiny mini and drive to Nancy Travis's heart, house and saying, well, actually, first... He goes to Sadie's mom's house because mm. Sadie's staying with her boyfriend Matthew. Um, goes to Sadie's mom's house, who's played by the same woman who plays Meredith Grey's mom in Grey's That's Anatomy. That's what she does. She plays moms. Moms. Well, now at this age, <laughs> probably not always. Uh, and she does not want to let her in. And um, Bill says he's investigating malpractice. But, and asks if he can talk to Sadie, and she says 
She's calling the police and closes the door, at which time Bill just is like, I'm gonna go. Then we have a scene with Lou in Brady's room. She goes in and she talks to him and she's saying that she came to see him. She stares into his eyes and says that he's nothing. And then Brady sits up and stabs her. And of course, it's a nightmare because that's what every show has to do. A nightmare. Uh, Lou wakes up screaming and her, her, her girlfriend, who is a different girlfriend than the painter girlfriend we saw at the end of last season, uh, new girlfriend. How she got a new girlfriend in, in, while recovering from this wound is... I think she's probably playing the same character. Maybe. It's just a different actress playing the same character. Okay. And we saw some, I I know, that's that's kind of jarring. The other one was black. This one is white. That is a big difference maybe yes. though we don't know we didn't we are, i think she's referred to her as my lady in the mm. previous one yeah. and so i i it, it was a non-speaking extra i don't even yeah. think she had a line uh and this time she has to have a line so i guess we well, yeah, she to, has like, a, a in these two episodes she has a significant a part. significant part yeah and a sympathetic part too yeah uh, and then bill drives to his ex-wife's house her name is donna donna Donna. Donna. And uh, he rings the doorbell and she's like, hey, what's up? What are you doing here? And he's like, so we're doing this now? And he goes, I guess so. And then, you know, they have some wine. Then they have some sex. (laughs) And then we wake up the next morning and Holly's been (laughs) in Bill's truck. (laughs) Well, Bill's been off gallivanting. So as much as he can, a man of his age. That's all the situation. Uh, then we see we get a little bit of inside Brady's brain, and he and Gerald are sitting on the fire truck and eating cereal. And Gerald tells Brady that it's time to finish what he started and burn it all down. Okay. Okay. Malevolent child. Cool. Great. Uh, the next morning, we see Bill and Donna in bed together. And uh, Bill sort of explains what's up. And Bill explains that he thinks that Sadie tried to stab him. Or cut his cut his throat before she was interrupted and he doesn't know why. Uh, and that he, she's one of Brady's nurses. And Donna is like, you gotta, like, you really... Or gravitate gravitate towards this violence and this mm-hmm. darkness. And Bill's like, no, it just finds me. And she's like, okay. Uh, and then she's like, choose happiness, choose the sun. And I'm just oh, like, good Lord. Yes. shut up. You're as bad of a therapist as Lou. Well, uh, and then Bill calls Kahali to ask for an update, and Holly's like, she just came back from a run. She's been here all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brady is cleaning off the Mercedes in his mind basement. Uh, and then Sadie is telling Maggie that she's transferring. She's at work now. Mm-hmm. She goes back to work, and she's transferring because the stress is giving her headaches, and Maggie is like, well, you've got to wash Brady while you're still here. Until the transfer comes through, that's your job. And uh, we get some calls between Matthew and Sadie. 
And Sadie is like, I did put in the request. And she braces herself. She goes into Brady's room. And then he is able to get into her head again. And he doesn't do anything gross. Well, like last time. Thank goodness. And he says, let's have some fun. And he takes them to the pharmacy where he gets out uh, two uh, vials of opiates. Looks like morphine. And she goes to the patient and uh, gives one of the whole uh, bottles of injected and then opens the second one and goes to do it again, which means Brady is going to try and kill She's going to try to overdose this patient. a man through Sadie. That that is his plan. And then Maggie comes in and sees what she's doing and uh Sadie is like, Oh, you know, my bad, whatever, I'll go, I'll put it away. Um and she's real short and curt with him because mm-hmm. it's Brady sort of puppeting yeah. Sadie at this point. And she, Maggie then calls Bill and is like, something's going on with Sadie. I don't know what's up. Meet me at my spot in five minutes. And Bill was already headed there. He was going to basically stake out the hospital Mm -hmm. overnight while Holly presumably got to go home and take a shower, (laughs) eat a food. food. (laughs) Um, You know, Maggie is telling Bill... He, she almost killed a patient. Mm-hmm. She still has one of the vials she of opiate. The bi- yeah. Bio, right. And then um, Sadie has now been piloted down into her car. Bill has seen her come out. And Maggie comes out and goes and is standing in front of the hospital. And Brady like wants to have Sadie drive over Maggie, like hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he can get her to do that, Bill knocks on the window of the car and is like, you need to get out of the, or pull up and get out of the car. And she does. She's like, I'm just on a break. And Bill accuses her of stealing the medicine and Sadie swears at Bill, reminds him that he's retired, um, tells him he's got a rape whistle and will use it to summon the police. Uh, at which point, Bill, I think, takes her purse and pulls out the vial Mm -hmm. and hands it back to Maggie. And Sadie says she was going to take it back. And then she walks away. And Maggie's like, and she's being a bitch this whole time. She's being a real bitch. Being (laughs) that she is pulling the rape card. Yes. While she has a bottle of opium in her purse. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's really ballsy. And Maggie's like, not opium morphing. I've never, well, it's. Mm -hmm. All the same. <laughs> Family picnic and all that. Um, Maggie's like, I don't know why she's acting like this. I've mm-hmm. never, she's never spoken to me like this. I've never seen her speak to anybody like this. I yeah. don't know what's going on. And she's not a bad person. And then Brady is mad, mad that he didn't get to kill anybody. And Sadie is walking up the stairs with, um, Brady just kind of berating her in her head right. and he has her continue to keep walking and continue to keep walking and walking all the way up the stairs onto the roof. Uh, her phone rings and Matthew is texting her and Brady ignores it and has her keep walking up to the roof 
And she says, uh, you know, keeps telling her that she isn't worth it. And love isn't what she thinks it is. And Maggie is down on the ground insisting to Bill. She doesn't use drugs. You know, she's um, she's a vegetarian, I think, is or mm-hmm. she only eats health foods or something like that. Yeah. It's one of those things. And then we see Sadie walking to the edge of the roof, and she gets another call from Matthew. Uh, she puts her phone down on the air conditioning unit, walks to the edge of the roof, uh, Brady is telling her that death is a liberation. We know this is Brady's like whole jam, right? Mm. Brady loves to talk somebody into killing themselves. But also, how much agency Sadie has over her body at this time is debatable because it seems like she is in no way in control of her actions. Uh, uh, Sadie removes the uh, aunt, the St. Anna's medallion. And looks at it, and then she holds it in her hand and walks off the building, slamming into the sidewalk mere feet from where Maggie and Bill are discussing it's her. very well done, I have to say. It's, it's sometimes... I, I, I'm an older person. You are. I remember <laughs> when this kind of effect was done by dropping a very floppy dummy from a distance. Oh, yeah, no, they don't or do that the anymore. the weird process screen thing that looks like you're zooming away from somebody who's shrinking on screen into... And those were always very unconvincing. This worked really well. But it's a moment, and I'm curious about your opinion on that moment. Yeah. Oh, just that moment? Yeah. Well, I kind of wish we didn't have Brady in her head the whole time. Mm. Like, I would have liked that part in the se- in the next episode. I would have liked to stay just on Bill and Maggie discussing her. And then having her just appear. Because I'm like, well, we know it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. And then for five minutes, I was like, I know. Keep going up the stairs. Berate, berate, berate. I don't love hearing people berated on the regular. Mm-hmm. I think it's triggering for people. I just don't know that we need to have it in the show. Uh, and uh, but, but So what I would have liked to have... Just Maggie and Bill talking, and then all of a sudden, the thump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I prefer this end to Sadie to whatever Brady was planning. I'm glad she didn't kill anybody. Yeah. But um, it's a pretty shitty way to treat another female character. I feel like... The female characters in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, really get short shrift. And but this is another like one. I feel like this episode is... It you know last week I said I felt like it was jumping the shark. Why yes. are we suddenly doing a science fiction series? Um, but this episode I didn't have much. I love the development between the characters, and that's what this season is doing very well. Yeah, it's making you what happened to Lou, what happened to Holly, right? What's the conflicts going forward with Holly and Bill? And it really is focusing very well on the characters we become familiar with and that we care about. Yeah. Um, however, the new characters, none of them seem to be particularly interesting, especially the villains. Right now, they're not interesting. The cop, who we'll talk about in the next episode... Yeah, he's not a cop. He's a DA. DA, I'm sorry. Um, but he acts like a cop. He does. He, uh, he does seem to have right. come from cop, yes. Well, and that, that's kind of... The, that's sort of his background, too. Yeah. A, but, uh, you know, the guy who grabs... Brady by the testicles and yes, he's just 
the, the new characters are not anybody that I care about so yeah, far. So far, right. I agree with you. I cared about Sadie. Mm-hmm. She had a shitty And that was exactly it. Her treatment. character arc is really short. I expected more out of her. Mm-hmm. And comes to a really nasty end. Now, yeah. I can only imagine that Sadie, like everyone else, gets recycled into the dream palace or whatever that Brady has. Yeah. Constructed. Yeah. And the more characters that get added there, the sillier it gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we see the boss from right, last is, season yeah. in the next episode uh, for a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and be a little bit... I think I was a little slow on that, that recap, so mm. I'm going to kind of go over yeah. arcs for the next one. So this, the next episode is called um, Motherboard. Mm-hmm. Let me try doing... We'll try doing a one-sentence overview. Okay. Maybe. While Lou spirals out of control, Montez pays Bill a visit after he sees Bill at the hospital. Holly has a heart-to-heart with Ida, and Roby appears to offer Brady some advice. Okay. <laughs> so that's broadly the, the the sort of arcs that we'll, we'll, mm. we'll talk about. So we'll start with Lou. Lou's still spiraling mm-hmm. and comes uh, wakes up. There's a the way the image that she wakes up. The, there's a bong in the forefront of the image. She's in bed and she's like bent in this like crazy position. It's light outside and there's sound in the apartment. Right. She comes out and she finds her girlfriend Steph. We we've been given a name. Um, unpacking groceries and having packed her things. Right. So, um, uh, she's going to be leaving because she cannot watch Lou destroy herself. She doesn't know what else to do. She's tried to get her to get help. She's not working. She's not looking for work. Mm -hmm. She's not doing the PT she needs to do. I mean, she is to an extent, but she's not doing the the emotional healing that she needs to do. And Steph is like, you're spiraling out of control and I can't Right. I can't go with you. I I can't do this with you anymore. Which is a very mature thing to do. She's stocking the fridge. Lou will be fine with, you know, mm-hmm. food-wise. And, you know, she's not leaving her in a lurch or anything. I mean, I don't know what their rent situation is. But, you know, she's doing a... She's leaving in, in the best possible way. But she's There's doing a responsible a way to leave a yes. person. And yeah. she's doing... She's because almost, she doesn't owe Lou anything. Yeah, she is kind of going above and beyond, really. She is. And, and what we see later in this episode, too, really yeah. goes above and beyond. Yeah. And so I like her as a character. God only knows maybe she'll get possessed and jump off a building. Yeah, I, right. But yeah, but it adds to Lou's story that she has this person in her life. Yes. Um, and then the, ne- the next thing we see with Lou is she goes to a bar, I guess, that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is drinking, and she... Um, starts hitting on a girl, a woman that sits next to her. I guess her name is Pixie, which woof. Because women in bars give you real names. Yeah. And they go off and they are followed by uh, a real gross dude who's mm-hmm. like, you guys going to go scissor? Come on, let me watch. And Lou loses her shit and uh, pepper sprays him, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty okay with. And then just starts beating the hell out of him. Within an inch of his life, yes. she just goes to town. Uh, until the police come. Pixie, mm. at this point, has run off because yeah. she's like, she can't. Lou is much bigger than her right. and is pretty intent on killing this man. Yeah. That's from, for, for, all, for what she can say. 
Um, so she runs she's off. She's the purpose of defending herself. This is no longer self-defense. Yes, and the then is... Lou kneels on this dude right. and is punching this dude repeatedly in the face, right. at which point police officers arrive and draw their guns and order her to stop. Uh, so then we see her a little bit later in the episode. Somebody loves you, she, she, is, she is told, and somebody has posted her bail. Mm-hmm. She takes her things. She goes outside, and it is Steph. Right. Um, and Steph is like, you know, Lou is apologetic and, and sorry. She tries to explain what happened, but Steph does not want to hear it. Uh, she says, you can take a cab home. Is I am done. Uh, you put a man in a hospital, and you are very lucky he will not be pressing charges. Mostly because I think he's going to start I think with some what wounded he, male pride. There. Yeah, it's oh, like, I'm hey, sure. A girl beat the hell out of you. And uh, and at that point, Steph walks off, and Lou is left to fend for herself, but is at least not in jail. Mm. So that is Lou's uh, episode this time. Uh. Then we have uh, the the episode basically starts uh, probably like two hours after the last one ended. Mm-hmm. There's a police tape. They're taking interviews of all of the witnesses, and at that point, we see Montez, the DA, uh, coming over, and into, he introduces himself to Bill. He asks what brought Bill out, and Bill says, "You know, Meg is a friend of mine." That's what I was doing here. Uh, Montez points out that Sadie had treated Brady and said that uh, and heard that Bill used to go to Brady's room pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And Bill's like, yeah, I wanted to be there when he woke up. And I stopped when I realized he wasn't going to w- wake up. And then he walks off because he is not interested yeah. in getting any kind of relationship with a DA because Bill used to be a cop and he knows better. <laughs> um, then uh, we've got... Bill doing some internet research. <laughs> Bill should never do internet He's research. He's gotten much better at this, though. He has, but yeah. the web is dangerous. <laughs> the internet is dangerous. Um, and Holly comes in to check on him and uh, sees what he's reading, and she, she she asks him, do you think that Brady is conscious? And Bill is like, I need you to leave me alone and right. respect my solitude. And Holly's like, she uttered the most heartbreaking line that hurts my feelings. That hurts my feelings. And walks which out. Is a thing that we should say to each other more. Rather than getting defensive or mm-hmm. attacking, if you just tell somebody that hurt my feelings, I think it would diffuse a lot of things because I think people would understand, oh, the thing I intended as a joke right. was not taken as such. I should apologize. And that would squash some things instead of getting your feelings hurt and immediately just being like, Rear! being defensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we've got Brady in the basement and uh, listening to music. Maggie's tending her, and uh, Felix is looking at his EKG uh, and seeing that it spikes. It's spiking a little bit, but it's not really changing. Uh, Maggie says there's been a couple of spikes, and the second time was around when Sadie died. Uh, Brady is watching them through his monitors, and Maggie tells Felix that Sadie was epileptic. Oh, there's another doctor there uh, sort of looking at the numbers, and he leaves, and then Felix and Maggie are alone. 
And uh, Felix says, you got to get Brady into an uh, MRI to see if he's got any consciousness and also to take a spinal trap tap as well to check for infection. Uh, and then asks Maggie about her conversations with Bill and reminds him uh, or reminds her about doctor patient confidentiality mm-hmm. uh, and that her job may be at risk if she says too much to Bill. And I'm like, really? Because you say a lot of shit to your wife. And that shit is not that yes. easy. Spousal privilege is not covered by, like, HIPAA doesn't give a fuck who you're married to. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a real hypocritical, gross thing that happens. And then Brady turns to his mom's grave, a gravestone and says that he'll have to find another epileptic. Like, he figures that was why he was able was to get in. Which, check me out. It's not like I've read this book before. But they did a pretty nice job of laying that out mm-hmm. so you could figure it out. Uh, then we have Sadie's mom coming to the, uh, finder's keeper's office asking why, uh, Bill was sniffing around her daughter before her daughter died. And he's like, mm, some of your daughter's coworkers were worried that she was a danger to herself and others. He won't give any more information that, and uh, than that and asked if she'd noticed that She's acting erratically. Mm-hmm. There's a, a few back and backs and forths between Mrs. McDonald and Bill. She seems open to him, and then she seems very close to him. She doesn't trust his motivations. She also doesn't think her daughter committed suicide. Right. Later in the episode, he ends up going and um, because is it Jerome? Yes, it is Jerome. Jerome says. If you want to know what was up with her, read her diary. And Bill was like, she doesn't have a diary. And Jerome's like, we all have a diary. Get her phone. Mm-hmm. And at, he goes and sees if he can get uh, Sadie's phone from her mom. And her mom doesn't want to give him anything. And he's like, look, the police think that this is a suicide. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to look at anything. So if you want answers, I'm your only shot, which isn't wrong, but it is a little coercive. (laughs) Yeah, but given the fact that they're going to look for the easiest possible solution to the problem and they can move on, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yes. No one's going to investigate this, even though she, I mean, every every, uh, clue points to the fact that she wouldn't commit suicide. Yeah. I mean, it's all stacked in that direction. She's happy that she's going to have a baby. She's Catholic, you know. Yes. Suicide carries dire consequences to the Catholic mind. There's a lot of reasons why she wouldn't take that jump off the roof, and she was behaving erratically. So there's every reason to suppose that something else was going on. So the arc with the with Sadie, she's died. He gets. The phone. Mm-hmm. Bill does. Uh, Bill gets the phone, and and uh, Jerome has all of these things that can break it into it. Like he's hacking into the phone, and he mm-hmm. is, his hacking skills have gone up. Right. He does admit that that is extracurricular. It wasn't what he was learning at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Bill decides not to push that any at least further. At this point, Brady's storyline. He's he's like okay, so it's epilepsy. That's what I I, I have. Uh, to to that that's how I can get it in somebody mm-hmm. with, with epilepsy, and then Roby sort of shows up and is like, "It's not epilepsy, dipshit." And over a delicious meal of hot pockets and weed, <laughs> uh, 
he basically is like, you can push people, you can hypnotize people, work the problem and focus on the process, just mm. like Roby taught him at the yes, store, which I'm sure he did not do, but yeah. that's fine. Then that we see Al, who is a, I think like, I guess orderly mm-hmm. is his his title. I think Candy Striper, but he pushes around the bo- the books and mm-hmm. he cleans up and uh, and things like that. He doesn't seem like the brightest bulb. No. Uh, he set up a little shrine for Sadie, and then he goes into Brady's room and he turns off the lights, um, and he turns on the TV to uh to some nature program, and then he plays with this tablet, and we had seen this tablet earlier. I want to say in a school, and they were like, you know, our friends over at whatever school had got iPads, and we get these. Right. Oh, it's in Ida's classroom. That's right, because Ida is a teacher. I forgot about that. Even though she wasn't a teacher before, or she may have been a teacher, but she also, like, her family business was the mortuary. Remember? Mm-hmm. So, also apparently a teacher. She's a woman of many talents. Or we just needed this scene, and the only way to get it in this show was to have somebody we know to be in it. So, they've been, there's these little tablets, these little sort of knockoff tablets that have mm-hmm. been donated. So, Al's playing with one of these. There's this little fishing hole game, and he kind of gets into this trance. It's like, you know, when you're playing a match three game or something where you just kind of there are certain video games that kind of get you into this headspace where you're not quite there, right? And in that headspace, Brady is able to kind of get into Al's mind. Yeah, we should point out Al is played by Mike Starr. Yes, tell me about Mike Starr. Mike Starr is known for being the villain, the kind of villain henchman. He's either very dense or very evil, or both. Right. Usually. In this part, he's playing a character who's not quite up there. No. I have seen him beaten up by everyone from Steven Seagal to Sammo Hung. He's just that guy. He's six foot three and a half. He Is he that big? Yeah, he's a big guy. He doesn't... They're they're sort of sizing him down Mm. in this. He doesn't seem that big. Well, because that's not what they want to emphasize. Generally, in, that's a, true. in an action movie, he's like the big, tough, loud Yeah, guy. no, they have him with like a button-down tucked into his right. big chinos. Like, he just looks sort of sad <laughs> and misshapen. And he's been doing this since, let me see, 1979 was the first time he played a thug. Oh, and well. He's gone on to do that yes. in lots of films, but apparently... Um, yeah, he's really good at it because he's been, you know, playing a variety of that same part for quite a long time now. Yeah. So Brady is gets into him. He he gets pushed out a little bit, but he's able to get back in pretty easily because mm-hmm. Al likes this game, man. And so even though he has to move or whatever and he like shakes it off and he knows that like things were weird, it wasn't as off-putting as the first time Brady got into Sadie's head and totally freaked her out by doing something super skeevy. He's not doing that now. Well, no, I think that Al also is doesn't have the same sort of access port, so to speak, that uh, that Sadie does through her epilepsy and her medication and stuff. She was able to be sort of in a fugue state where he was able to puppeteer her easily. Whereas with Al, he's also fighting against... I think once he's in, 
he's pretty well in because he's able to get him to go to his car and drive around for a while. Yeah, once he's in there, he's fixed. But it depends on someone being able to be asleep or lulled into sleep or affected that way. Yeah, I think so. But also, he doesn't have any untoward thoughts about Al. So Al is safe from all of that and won't get sort of... He won't put any guard up. I think also... Um, from the point of view of looking at somebody who's kind of physically not very intimidating, Brady. Right. And so the idea of being this great big guy, I think, also sort of appeals to him. And I wonder if that's going to be played maybe, into the future. That's, maybe. Which, mm-hmm. But I, once again, like I would have guessed that this dude was like 5'8", the way yeah. that they're filming him. They're not putting him around people, mm-hmm. really? Unless he's seated? Yeah. He, so he we haven't seen that. his full size. Um, he, he does get Al to go to his car and he, uh, they go to the community center, mm-hmm. um, where there's like a memorial plaque and Brady is pretty disappointed that that's all there is. And at the entrance, um, Al picks up a teddy bear and unbidden by Brady mm-hmm. explicitly, he whips the head off the bear and yeah. then drops the two pieces to the, to the ground, at which point Brady is like, hey, I like you more and more every, like, every minute. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this is not good. This seems like a, not a great com- combination. And then Al drives and parks in front of Bill's house. Mm-hmm. So that's the last time we see him. That's the basically the last thing we see. Now, the, the the rest of Bill's sort of arc is that, um, you know, after he and Jerome work on the gazebo together and Jerome is like, get her diary. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he's, um, we see him at home. I think he's drinking again. And he prints out an article about a comatose woman convincing a man to kill himself at which point the DA Montez arrives. Bill invites him in. They have a drink. And uh, Montel tell, Montez tell, tells Bill that Mrs. McDonald says that Bill is snooping around her house. Bill says that Sadie tried to attack him with a scalpel and almost overdosed the patient. And her colleague said she was acting unusual. Montez wonders if it's tied to Brady. Points out that Bill held stuff back to the point that it endangered people's lives, just mm-hmm. like he did... In yeah. the previous season, uh, and wants to have a frank conversation about Bill with uh, uh, with Bill about what he knows, and Bill agrees. They start talking. Bill says, "I didn't report the incident because I couldn't confirm it." Thinks he was right in retrospect, but doesn't know what what, what caused Sadie to do all of this. Mm-hmm. Montez points out that his father, oh oh, Montez's father was a cop, and yeah. said that Bill could always figure stuff out, um, and asks to use the restroom. Uh, Bill takes the uh, cans out to the kitchen and then comes back to find Montez in Bill's office right. looking at his serial killer wall and demanding an explanation, yeah. at which point you and I both were like, fuck you, get out of my yeah. house. I don't owe, you don't, you're not a cop. Yeah. I don't owe you shit. As a DA, he should know better. He should know better. But so, he also, as we've seen, like um, some of the other characters this episode, he's just a bully. Yes. They all are. They love throwing their weight around. But at this point, too, Bill is like, Brady knows, is mm. is more awake than he's letting on. Right. And what's, what is... And he to, says, check, you right. know, check the doctor. 
And he, you know, Brady found a way to communicate. In, so in Bill one hundred percent actually was trying to work with the with the DA uh, up the until the beginning. DA started being right, a which dick. is what makes the scene sort of sad. Going, oh right, so he's reached the stage now where he's going to be open because he realizes that he put people in danger. Yeah, uh, but now he is pulling back and realizing maybe he was right in yeah. this case. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's wild. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, we know that Bill is right. Right. How Bill got to Bill being right is a tough get. Yeah. That's a that's a hard road to hoe. And I think they're just going to be like, he just knows it. And I'm just like, okay, but no. That's every that's cop not... show I grew up with, my gut instinct tells me, or my cop instincts tell me, it's but a cheap way out. My gut instinct tells me mm-hmm. that this dude is creepy and is holding a woman in his, in his basement. is very different than my gut instinct tells me that he has psychic powers and is right. controlling people with his mind. Like those are different. Those are different. He's making a, a hard, uh, rather not hard. He's making a long jump to it's this a conclusion. Very far jump right. in a show that didn't have jumps like this exactly. previously. Exactly. That's that's my. I'm just like. I mean, we need to see some evidence. We need to see him getting into Bill's Something head for a suspicion. second. Because that's all he has at this point. Or yeah, it's. Yes, it's wild. Um, but and then we have, uh, but then we have the vindication in the same episode mm-hmm. because Jerome is able to hack into Sadie's phone, and there are all these messages between uh, Sadie and her fiance saying, right. "He's in my head," and Bill is like, "I was right," and I'm just like. How the fuck did we get here? Um, so that's where he ends. He ends on a jubilant note of my serial killer wall is correct. Uh, and then, you know, the other, only other thing is what we had talked about before, which is the scene between Holly and Ida, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, Ida asks Holly exactly how weird she is. And Holly's like, I'm pretty weird. Very weird. <laughs> I think she says very. Um, they both have a drink, and you know, Holly's like, Bill's hiding things from me, and he didn't used to do that. And I'm like, Well, you've only known each other for like six and a half weeks, so yeah. let's let not get crazy. And Ida is like, Look, is Bill one of the best people you've ever met? Because he's one of the best people I've ever met, so let's give Bill the benefit of the damn doubt. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, well, I guess that makes sense. She also, Ida is very explicit in not wanting Holly to depend on Bill, not because Bill's not dependable, but because she doesn't want women to depend on right. men, generally. Um, That's why she stopped sending naked pictures of herself out. I guess maybe. Um, so she's like, so I don't want you to depend on him, but you can count on him, if that makes sense. And Holly's like, no, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And Ida's like, well then I guess you can help me with this gazebo because that's all I got. And that's where we end with them. So they're having a nice relationship. Uh, Al's out front. Jerome's cracked the code. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill is vindicated in his wild conjecture. So that's where we end these two episodes, which is... I am... Yeah. I don't know. What, What do you think? I need 
the writers to work a little bit harder than they're working. <laughs> it seems like there are characters who are only exist for a single episode or their story arc is really, really short. And so, whereas you're seeing scenes that should be drawn out with more suspense, they just become prefunctory. Characters become prefunctory. Okay, this person shows up. Oh, that person's not going to be dead. Right. This person shows up. Once again, though, when when Sadie went off the roof, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God, because I did not want her to become a killer. Right. Um, And I was really afraid that that's what they were fixing to do with her character, and mm-hmm. I didn't think it was fair. This wasn't fair either. But at least... It's not going to be an ongoing arc of this mm. woman just being tortured humiliated and humiliated. And yeah. So, that's something. But, yeah, these, especially short character arc, but mm. women in this show, other than Holly so far, mm-hmm. and Ida. Right, but Ida, they don't know what to do with Ida. So far, she's not really... Coming forward as a character who brings something. Yeah, and to the I guess because they've brought Nancy Travis back, mm-hmm. his ex back, they're they're settling into friend. Mm-hmm. And you know he's because they're working on her gazebo, like right. they're they're constantly interacting um, with her because she's just doing some of the work herself too. It's not like I got to wait for these men to do this thing for me. Right. Um, it's like the whole neighborhood helping, I, which is something that I kind of like. I like that it, it's sort of built around that. Like I mm-hmm. said, I can't wait for it to be burst burst into flame in right. episode nine or whatever. But like... Um, I know just moves. For now, for, yeah, just fuck it. Um, but for now, you know, Ida and Holly are the, are, are, are the only two women who've lasted into this season that haven't just gotten... Yeah. A shit. Lou has gotten a really, like, her arc is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't know what how Nancy Travis is going to go. What that's going to what's going to happen? She should exactly never drive that. his car. She she should not let her drive yeah. his car. Um, but like Sadie, short end of the stick. Brady's mom, not a good arc. Uh, you know, Mary Elizabeth, Mary, nope. What's her name? Mary Louise. Yeah. Parker. There's too many three-named Marys in There's only three Marys. And I get confused. Mary Louise Parker's character, not great. And Cusack's character, not great. Like, the the women in this show really get treated badly. And I, and I hate it. I hope Maggie doesn't get murdered. That's sort of where I'm at. I hope Maggie and Nancy Travis and Ida and Holly all make it to the end. Well, I think Holly will because we know that Holly exists after Bill. Holly does exist, that's true, in other other tales. I'm assuming that if if Bill does have cancer later on, this is the reason why he's not helping with Holly's strange case of the... Oh, in The Outsider. Yeah. Yes, perhaps. But, um... But, uh, yeah, we, yeah. we, we don't know. That is just what the books did. I don't know what this. I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm just still very confused as to how it's developing appropriately enough. I mean, uh, the character gets inside their heads, and uh, yeah, the, the the text messages that were sent from Sadie to her boyfriend or her young man, right? Matthew announcing that he was pregnant, and in, in my head, in my head, they're crying. I don't know. <laughs> that whole thing, 
I, uh, it, it's, it just was, as you said, it's really convenient that she, he, de- she describes exactly what Bill thinks is going on, and there's no... Yeah, it, it's right. just, it's such a wild conjecture, and then in the same episode to mm-hmm. have it vindicated right. is... It's ru- like that feels lazy to me. The writing feels lazy to me. Yeah, it's just a big jump to take. So I'm still on the outside with this one. I think it's. I do appreciate this season's emphasis on on characters. I don't. Well, as you mentioned, the way women are treated, but also just these sort of. I'm expecting Cora to have mm-hmm. a real. I mean, she's already a heel, so right. it won't be a heel turn. Um, and Kate Burton, by the way, is the name of the actress Meredith Grey's mom. Oh, yes. She's also done a great deal of work. I remember yes. when she was kind of like the second romantic lead in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, really? A very long time ago. That's amazing. Doing comedy. She's. I haven't seen her recently, and she's everywhere. I haven't seen her do a lot of comedy recently, but she was funny. Um, but yeah, I was like, like i got to know that woman's name, because I see her all the time. Yeah, she's really good. I do see her a lot. She does play moms a lot, though, mm-hmm. now. Because that is the age that she has reached. At least that is the age that Hollywood has decided that she is. Right. Uh, so, any other thoughts on these? No, it, it's, I'm really holding my breath, in a way, to see I, these, what happens. I liked these two episodes better uh-huh. than oh, the first so two much episodes. Better. But I'm still like... I, I really have to... When we start an episode, I'm just like, disbelief. Put mm-hmm. it on a shelf because yeah. it's not. We but can't have we it here. We didn't have to do that with the original run of the first season. We didn't. No, have to we just had go, to hold on through all the know, incest. At this point, now anything could happen. I prefer expecting Godzilla. having to suspend disbelief to having to brace myself for mm-hmm. uh, a shit ton of incest. Right. Well, yeah, that's an improvement. So, I'll just continue to do that. But yeah, come on, writers. You you can do this. I believe mm-hmm. in you. Just just do be- do better. Do better. Be better. Be, be better. No. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So next week we're gonna watch season or episodes five and six, mm-hmm. and those are call- called Andalay and Proximity. And um, until then. Do you have anything you would like to wreck amend? Unfortunately, I had... <gasps> oh, wait. No, I did. I recommended what I wanted to last week. What's that? Um, but I have not been able to catch up on things. There are a number of really amazing films I want to see that I just... Uh, this last week was pretty busy. And we were working and recording both this and our other program yes. uh, without works throughout the week. So I have a list of things I want to see. Uh, that I haven't gotten to, including, uh, let's see, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, that isn't out yet. comes I out this weekend. Denzel's new film. Uh, I do want to watch that. I've heard it's not very good, but uh-huh. Jared Leto got a Golden Globe nomination because Golden Globes got a globe, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I'm eager to see it. I, I don't know. I, I want to see Jared Leto actually really um really i think hit the ball out of the park in the dallas buyers club oh yeah which was an amazing performance it would have been cool if they actually had a trans actor but okay well (laughs) other than that yeah i I don't know what to say about that uh 
but it really was an amazing performance. I think the problem is going to be breaking out from that performance for him. Well, um, I think he's doing Joker in this. Really? I mean, he's a serial killer. And, uh, yeah, I think he's doing Joker shit in this. I think this is uh, him doing a lot mm. of... Well, I hope he does it better than he did actually in Suicide Squad, where he was a terrible Joker. He was not a good Joker. No, especially following someone like... Oh, yeah, you can't follow Heath Ledger, though. Like, no. I would have just been like, no. No, I, I, and the requirements of the part are different, and so there's a, a kind of a thing where you see people put on the tough guy thing, and it's really hard to imitate, especially when it's not coming from inside. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's it's, a, it's something you're putting on. So he did not convince me that he was scary. He just looked like a guy pretending to be scary or crazy. Anyhow, uh, what about you? Did you catch up on anything, or did you see something that you thought was worthwhile? I watched some bad things this oh, weekend. Oh, why'd you do that? Um. Oh, because uh, depression. That's why. Mm. Uh, but um, I will say we. I rewatched and Stephanie watched for the first time. Uh, the next in fashion show on um, on Netflix. It came out last year, maybe even though it was sometime last year. I think. Mm-hmm. What is time? Who knows? Uh, there's it's only one season of it, but it's pretty good. the The fashion is incredible, um, and uh, it's very entertaining and not very long. We, like I said, we watched base. We watched not basically. We watched the entire show this weekend. Mm. Uh, most of it on Saturday and then finished it up on uh, Sunday nights. Uh, and uh, it was just as good the second time because I had basically forgotten everything. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was good. Everything else I'm only partially into. So I haven't, I haven't watched anything to completion that I can recommend or the things I have watched to completion I don't recommend. So... Don't be like me. Be different than me. Uh, so that's that's. Don't that. be like Emily. Um, one of the rare times I feel I can say that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to stuff I haven't cut up. So yes, yes. There's busy. a list of things that I wanted mm. to watch this weekend, but you weren't here. Yeah, and I was like, mm, well, thank you. Can't. Thank so, you for the consideration. Now you're home, and maybe we watch a thing. But first, yes, we have to I watch our to next up. episode of this show. Next two episodes. Womp womp. <laughs> and those will be Andalay and Proximity. Andalay and Proximity. Yes. Which is weirdly contradictory, those two titles, but we'll see it how it is, goes. It is, which is interesting. So, until then, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to reach us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or on Twitter at latecomerspod or on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better Better late late than than never. never.